Accessing archive. Authorizing. Access granted. Accessing file. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is great. Absolutely. So I'm a big fan of your product. Um, it's something that I've put on when I'm doing some yoga, some meditation, any type of plant medicine ceremony, and uh, it really is a game changer. So I would love to just uh, open this wormhole up with yeah. you explaining how you got into building a company around Copal and what Copal is, how you discovered it, and what pushed you to go ahead and start bringing this to the world it's, a, it's a, an amazing offering well well thanks uh matt and and you're using it right so so thank you for that every you know applying it to all those different practices you have or in that in that way is exactly the right way so basically what copal is is essentially it's a plant medicine it is a sap that comes from a tree in Central America. And it is a particular state of the sap, actually. Um, so, you know, most of us, when we, when we say sap, we think of that sticky, gooey stuff dripping from a tree. Mm -hmm. Copal is a more of a refined state. It's a harder state of that same sap from this particular tree. And then uh, that same sap, even further down the line with the introduction of time, is actually amber. So amber is mm. fossilized uh, tree sap. So oh wow, yeah. So there's there is sort of a an interesting story there when you're sort of talking about copal and time and whatnot, because. Um, what we at Temple Copal, our focus, the product focus is, is white Copal. And there is a difference between other Copals. You know, if you Google Copal, there's a lot of different stuff comes up and you'll see images. Some of it's black, some of it's yellow. A lot of it's, you're going to see this yellow and gummy kind of looking. Mm -hmm. And we focus on white Copal. And what that is, is it's it's the sap that has been left in its natural state longer. So it's been exposed to the air for a longer duration of time. And with that exposure, it starts to actually begin the process of fossilizing. It goes hard and it turns into uh, what looks more like a white rock, actually. And because of this, this process that it takes time, it's more scarce per se because you're seeing it that less and less as the demand for copal rises you're seeing a lot more yellow and black copal on the market and what that is is it's copal that uh is immature it hasn't been left on the tree or or uh exposed to the air long enough to dry and get harder and get that rock hard white pure copal that's sort of what it what it is and does sort of from the the botanist perspective maybe in layman's in layman botanist terms but uh as a as a in terms of a, an application or or for usage it's an 
it's an aromatic incense. So mm-hmm. this it's a resin that you can burn. And as soon as it's burned, it releases um, a very potent smoke that has a very powerful cleansing and healing essence and effect that, that mm-hmm. is released from it. You'll notice one of the first things it does from an experiential point of view is it tends to immediately ground you and bring you into the present moment. And there's this connection, like an energetic connection to earth. You really feel it. Um, I'm sure you've sat next to like a fire pit or a bonfire out camping or something. And and, And there's this, it's amazing. There's just kind of this connection to nature in a way you know this is why you can sit there at a bonfire for an hour just staring at the fire but kapal has a similar sort of initial onset where you light it and it really brings you to present and to the moment then what it tends to do is and i'm speaking sort of generally because some people say they have different effects when when they practice with it or burn it or how they use it Uh, but it tends to elevate your energy. Um, mm-hmm. And so the Mayans and Aztecs, which um, uh, it's, you know, the lineage that it comes from in, in terms of uh, cultures, indigenous cultures that were using it in practice, healings, ceremonies, um, sacrifices, things of that nature, um, mm-hmm. sacred plant medicine journeys. What it does is that this elevation essence or or let's call it a process starts Mm -hmm. to happen, starts to occur and play out. So they, they believe these indigenous cultures believe that what was happening was the smoke is elevating you and your connection to a higher level of consciousness to essentially these, these divine realms, these divine elevations and that the smoke was sort of that doorway. It absolutely does that for me. Um, the smell is very pungent, but very pleasurable. Um, it's new to a lot of people. I, I notice that uh, when I burn it, some people will come into the house and be like, what is that? It smells incredible it smells whoa like something i don't know about and that's a really cool aspect of your company is bringing this new uh aroma to the world because you know i mean i know it's ancient and stuff but still in america a lot of people have lived their life up to age 20 25 however old and never had the experience of smelling this exact smell um so it's cool that you're able to bring that from you know i think it originates in kind of south america and middle america is that right Central America, yeah. Mm-hmm. Central America, yeah. Um, you know, to to the modern person in America, uh, to in today's world, and um, I do find it very helpful for grounding. Like you're saying, it it's hard to kind of be lost in in the thought world when there is this uh, very powerful aroma present, and especially it smokes quite a bit more than a normal incense, so. It's funny because people will will come up the stairs and they'll kind of see like smoke kind of oozing out of my room a little bit, <laughs> and then uh, they'll be like, "What? What's what's going on in there, man?" And it's like, "Oh, it's it's Kapal, you know." And uh, I'll get to explain, you know, um, how I met you and 
and all the stuff, which uh, I'll explain for our listeners here that that I met you at an event that took place in both Los Angeles and New York called Whitma, and there was a it was a very like a wellness oriented um, panel event, but we also had a lot of vendors and um, people who would show up and have like kind of holistic. Um, products that just kind of add like a holistic dimension to your life and you are one of the products I think you just like kind of gave me some uh, like a, like a single pack of Kapal and I brought it home and 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 man I used it up quick so I had to get some more from you <laughs> <laughs> oddly enough you kind of uh, are from San Antonio where I'm from isn't that right oh yeah synchro destiny man yeah absolutely so <laughs> you came to San Antonio you know not too long after that event and uh was able to hook me up with some more and yeah. it's just become such an amazing part of uh of my weekly practice i don't burn it every day but it would go too fast but <laughs> um i do probably several times per week so for for people who are unfamiliar it, it, it looks like an incense stick it burns like an incense stick but it doesn't smell like any incense that's available at the gas station or the head shop or wherever you typically kind of go for your incense. It's a very powerful, very pungent, very effective plant medicine, like you're saying, and it can go hand in hand with a ton of things, especially ceremony, yoga, music, meditation. I mean, even for me, if I just kind of want to turn up and, and play some loud music and kind of vibe around in my room or our studio, I love it. It just adds a new dimension to the place and really lights up my senses, you know? Like, how have you heard that people typically use it and um, find, a, you know, use for it in their home? Well, many different ways. And everything you said is, again, it's spot on. What it really is doing is it's an energy activator. So however you tend to, you know, use it, whether if it's, you know, listening to music or, meditation, you know, silent versus um, louder, you know, with a lot of sonic uh, energy, mm -hmm. it, it, it increases that connection. So that's where you can use this with intention. You can really use it as um, an energetic amplifier. If you want to deepen your meditation, like the Kapal, sit with it and you'll see it happen. You'll feel it happen. If you want 100%. to just connect with um, the energy of, of, you know, playing music or whatever, the atmospheric kind of quality, then what's, you know, what's going to happen is sound is going to travel. The smoke is going to travel. You'll see the smoke fill the room and you'll see how it kind of activates a space. And, you know, mm -hmm. some of this stuff is, it may sound a little woo-woo to people, um, and that's totally cool. Um, but, you know, what it really is, is it is a unique incense. It's not like anything most people, especially in the, in the States, are familiar with at all. This is mm -hmm. really a particular um, plant-derived medicinal uh, aromatic incense. Mm -hmm. And when you light it, you will feel what it does to you energetically. And mm -hmm. it is still used today in uh, many, many uh, ayahuasca ceremonies. It's everyone I've ever sat in has had copal. Mm -hmm. um, it's used in sacred mushroom journeys, all kinds of healings with curanderos, curanderas, um, cacao ceremonies 
And then mm-hmm. again, you know, when, when, you know, our product Temple Kapal is, it's in a, uh, a slightly more refined form in the sense that uh, the Kapal is dipped. They're handmade dipped sticks. Um, mm-hmm. So they're in that typical stick-like uh, incense form, um, which is convenient because then you can, you know, burn it at home in your living room or bathroom while you're taking a bath or, or travel with the sticks. Um, a lot of copal, uh, in its when it's you know pulled directly from the tree, what happens is it's dripping into a vase uh, that's tied to uh, the tree. The tree is dripping the sap into the vase. Over time, the vase eventually fills up, or a vessel of some sort, ceramic vessel. Um, mm-hmm. The vase vessel fills up, and it hardens over time, and then that vessel has to be broken off. And often, so you'll see it if you're in Central America, Mexico, you often see it in these rocky chunk-like forms. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful like that, but it requires uh, what's often called a copalera. Uh, it looks sort of like a ceramic holy grail or, or something. Yes. Um, you know, and, and that would have a little fire burning in it with a charcoal uh, tablet uh, wafer. Mm-hmm. And then the chunks of copal sit on it. Uh, most people in America or the West are familiar with this sort of thing when uh, frankincense and mirth come up because that's a little bit more widely spread. Those are also aromatic resins, um, not indigenous from Central America, mostly the Middle East, Africa, whatnot. And uh, um, what am I trying to say? That that part of the world. And so um, Morocco also as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's similar in that sense, but what we are doing with Temple Kapal is we are introducing it as a way where you can burn it in incense stick form. Um, the most important thing to mention here, you mentioned Whitma and health and wellness brands and whatnot that had vendors at the, at the, at the event. Really, what we're trying to do as, a, as an offering being a, a brand, um, you know, packaged offering a product, um, is we're trying to also bring a voice to sustainable alternatives, uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, as spirituality, health and wellness, yoga gets more and more, uh, widespread and popular globally, which is fantastic. Um, some of these tools and medicines, uh, do as well. And some of them are being, Overexhausted, like for example, sage and Palo Santo, they're both mm-hmm. one wonderful, um, wonderful aromatic uh, cleansing tools. Um, but the problem is the demand is so high that uh, there's literally places in the world where they're clear cutting forests to grow sage, uh, right. just to to fill the demand, which is so ironic and sort of silly that they would be you know, clear cutting nature to grow something that's natural, but because the demand, the demand is not uh, natural. It's, it's exhausting the planet. And Kapal is great because it's an alternative in the sense that it's, it's what's called wild harvest. Um, Mm -hmm. We can only take uh, what the tree gives. 
And I don't even yeah. like using the word take because it implies that we're pulling something from it when really the tree is, is weeping this sap. Uh, right. the, the Mayans and Aztecs would call it the blood of the tree. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So it, it, again, it has that sacred context and, and indigenous connection to nature, the blood of the tree and this offering from nature that's being, you know, it's being dripping from the tree or being weeped out, cried out from the tree. And so because it's wild harvest, there's no way to um, create a system to get more copal. I mean, if you wanted to plant some trees, some copal trees and wait 200 years, sure. But it's <laughs> it really what it is, is it's sourcing it, uh, the offering from nature. And, you know, it's, it's boutique in that sense or wild harvest. When using copal, you should, you know, if you use it with intention, you can see and feel the results. You get more out of it. Um, and so that small batch kind of essence that makes it more precious, especially it being white copal, really lends itself to that kind of um, energy anyway. Absolutely. Um, so the sustainable harvest method is, you know, it's not only better for the planet, but it's an awesome offering to be able to give to people that actually care about the planet and want, you know, nature to thrive and stuff. And I think that the, those are the type of people who really can appreciate what Copal has to offer. Um, a lot of these people are in the plant medicine culture. They're people who have maybe tried sacred mushrooms, ayahuasca, um, any of the uh, numerous plant medicines um, that are that are done traditionally and that are finding their way into Americans' uh, lives, you know, little by little every day at a time. I think that it's uh, kind of like the, the Mother Gaia sending out her her emergency signals to wake people up that, you know, hey, you know, the, the rainforest is, is in danger and, and, you know, potentially humans are destroying the planet. And, hey, we need to wake up and look at what's going on. And that's what these plant medicines are really good at providing for our consciousness, a, a new perspective, a way to look at nature as a part of it instead of separate from it. And Copal is, a, is an amazing tool to kind of connect um, deeper with plant medicines, but also just deeper with your own meditation practice, with your own daily practice of, of whatever you kind of do to connect and ground and return to a, a moment of stillness. Um, so moving into kind of uh, your discovery of Copal, how, how did you discover it? Like, where were you? What happened? What called you to it so strongly? <laughs> oh, man. Well, <laughs> synchro destiny. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's so much of a divine design in how it played out uh, in terms of the sequence of events. I mean, in a nutshell, I moved from New York City uh, to Los Angeles about four years ago, um, mm -hmm. my wife and I, and she's in the health and wellness world, um, in, in consciousness world and whatnot as a, uh, a curator and producer. And so I've had a, I've had a, a long history as an artist, a fine artist, a, a career for about, you know, 18, 20 years at this point. And, you know, moving to LA was a whole new change of environment, whole new change of scenery. 
And it really, the floodgates started to open per se with her career and her, the community she was tapping into in the health and wellness world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, long story short, kind of what I was noticing very quickly was how um, that community of health and wellness and mindfulness and was was really open from the get-go where I came from a world, you know, the fine art world is is not as open as a lot of people would like to believe that it is from the outside, but being an insider, it's, it's a more of a closed system. Um, in that sense, it's more, uh, exclusive versus inclusive and the health and wellness world was really nice. I I liked sort of, um, you know, by hanging out with my wife and, and meeting some of the people she was meeting and brand owners and whatnot. I really liked that vibe and environment. And I, at one point, you know, this was a few years back, I said, oh, it'd be so cool to sort of have a brand or something that really gave back to people um, and connected people with, I was getting really into meditation at the time with themselves and also, you know, was also a a different kind of creative outlet for, for me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's funny how, because that's not really important, but after the sequence of events played out that led me to Kopal, I could start to see all the breadcrumbs, the pieces of the puzzle, how I, you know, <laughs> I manifested it even unknowing. Um, I was in Mexico and uh, my wife and I, we were, we were um, in Sayulita, which okay. is on the uh, Pacific coast side, Mexico. And we had, had a day set aside to go visit some new friends of ours. And, um, this, these friends work with cacao, um, as a, as a ceremonial medicine, ceremonial plant medicine. And so, you know, and they've, they had lots of experience with ayahuasca and things of that nature, but their focus as shamans has been for a handful of years now has been cacao because Mm -hmm. of what I believe, uh, my understanding is, is because cacao is, is, a little bit more accessible. It's a heart opener. And, um, you know, whereas Aya is a little bit more niche, let's say, even though that's changing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But, um, you know, we spent the whole day with them and all day they had this stuff burning Mm -hmm. and I just felt so grounded and connected to nature you know i'm i i you know before in the past i've never really been the kind of guy that just like takes off my shoes or walks around barefoot and stuff and Mm -hmm. everything just started to work that way then i really just you know we we also the day was magical of course being with you know shamans and 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 their energy and their connection and and then but they introduced me to the Kopal and what the, the smoke medicine from Kopal does and how um, it's been a blessing for them. And basically, long, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how it, it just stumbled 
mm-hmm. into into my path. Um, there's a little bit more synchrodestiny in, into the story with it, with with my wife Anna and how she'd had this experience a few weeks prior in the woods up in Oregon during mm-hmm. a cacao ceremony that they that they actually hosted the same couple I was mentioning, and okay. we didn't know that they lived in near Sayulita in Mexico, uh, where we were going. So it was just one thing after another, a sequence of events and chants and how is this? And then it just really was right there before me. And I knew it just, uh, that day, you know, after having been introduced to the Kapal, that there was something really special there that I wanted to work with. And so I, you know, I, I got some Kapal from them and, and then develop my relationship with it, started researching it more. And um, um, was it kind of the more amber kind? No. Or it was, was it the white? It was the same white kind. And they oh, kind of okay. talked to me about, uh, you know, the white kind being you know, about in Mexico, the white copals, uh, 10 times more expensive than regular copal. And mm-hmm. uh, it was interesting in how it's more scarce and how it's, it's dried longer. And that's when it goes white. And, um, and it was so funny cause we were in Mexico like another week or something. And I went and I bought a bag of Copal from this little, uh, shop in this little village. And yeah. even this guy started to talk to me about Copal. And then this, you know, we got a massage and that guy started to talk to me about Copal. It was, it was just like, it was, was all over. It was calling you. It was all, and what it was, and there were all these messages. That's what it was. It was messages. It was, it was signs that it was speaking to me. Um, I'm, I'm lighting some right now. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I got the full, my whole, the whole room full of it right now. It's, it's, it's great. Um, mm, it smells so good. Mm. Yeah, the first, the first hit, like when you light it, is always like, oh, kind of like, wow, I forgot how pure it is you know yes. like it's got this kind it's of funny moment. yeah and and it and it does have the slightest bit of nostalgia towards being at a campfire or having a fireplace you know and you're and you're lighting that up just like exactly mm, little bit of like uh spice aroma and but mm-hmm. it still has its own unique smell but it, it definitely gives you like it's like a mini fireplace vibe <laughs> it is, with all yeah. kind of other properties too, you know, yeah. um, you're, you're speaking a lot of cacao and I know we've uh, yeah. off the air talked about cacao. I'd love to just dive in on that and see, you know, like what, what do you know about cacao and its origins and uh, h- how it's used? And especially my real question is how much do people drink in a ceremony? Is it one cup? Is it 10 cups? Like what have you you know what I mean? What have you experienced? <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think my wife Anna would tell you something like it's forty five grams as a ceremonial dose or something. But <laughs> but uh, you know, I think it's it's wherever you're willing to go is how much you drink. Mm-hmm. Just like I, uh, ayahuasca, you know. It, yeah, and it, it's same thing. Cacao obviously isn't. Um, it, psychoactive in in that sense it's a different type of plant medicine but i I think one of the reasons i've been talking about it so much or it's come up is because honestly i've been drinking it every day of this quarantine (laughs) nice no i've been eating the chips not every single day but 
like once uh once every three four days i'm i'm just breaking this keith's cacao bar you know uh-huh. with my my fingers and just grabbing like a handful of chips and tossing them in i yeah. honestly I, yeah. I i ordered some of this cacao um from anna and mm-hmm. um and uh, i have not uh made it into an actual drink yet because yeah. it works so good just throwing the you know just throwing the <laughs> chips in your mouth it still works there's no mess there's no cleanup yeah. uh, you don't have to prepare anything which i, I do want to do i do want to prepare yeah. it um but yeah. i've already gone through about a quarter of the the brick here just uh just eating it and i mean yeah. i'll explain my uh the the effects or the s- sensations i get I, I researched it a little because I was curious why I was feeling very energized. And there's actually a little bit of caffeine in it. So um, mm-hmm. if if the source is correct, that what I read. Um, so there's a little bit of caffeine. There's this chemical called theobromine, mm-hmm. which uh, is slightly psychoactive in the same sense as, you, you know, you grow up and you always hear about dark chocolate or or even just milk chocolate, but especially dark chocolate. Um, maybe it makes you a little turned on, you know, makes you a little, ooh, like, you know, feeling the, the vibes a little. Yeah. It's a connector, just like mm-hmm. just like Copal. It, it's doing mm-hmm. something. It's activating some kind of, it's like it loosens you up and connects you. Yeah, it does. And what I found in, in the experience is, because uh, a number of me and my, my, my roommates here, have uh use it together is um the, it, yeah it dissolves boundaries a little bit and it and it dissolves your um the kind of like the the thinking you maybe the ego you that's like ready to ready to say something and it just makes me want to listen you know mm-hmm. it makes me just want like if i want i just want to hear my friend talk i just want to hear what he has to say and there's no hurry for me to to, to put my two cents in and it just feels very connected in that sense. Like, yo, I feel so like, nice. I'm on a, yeah, I'm on a new level of like uh, peace and connection with this person. And I, I really turned my listener aspect on. And then as well, you get a little bit of like a flushing sensation, a little bit of a warmness going, you know, your, your hands are a little warm, a little tingly, a little sweaty and not in a gross or bad way in a very comforting way, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you feel a little uppity. Like when I ate some kind of at night, uh, I ended up staying up a few extra hours, which, you know, I was okay with because it was, I was having a great time. But, um, for me, those have been the experiences is communal, heart opening, uh, a little bit altering of how your body feels and just the sense that you get warm, you feel a little warm, a little pulsy sensation going. And that's how it's been for me. How do you feel off of it? I, w- I would say the same. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely a heart opener. It's a, it's a, it connects you to the present moment um, in that sense. So you're, you're grounded in the present. And it's always been real positive for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel elevated. And of course, I'm, I think almost every time I drink cacao, I, I'm burning Copal too. True. True. So um, double whammy. Yeah, double whammy for real, and <laughs> and this particular quarantine time has has been you know every day's a a ceremony. I mean, literally every day I'm drinking cacao and lighting copal, and 
it's funny because that actually ties in the sort of the I don't know if slogans the right word, but um, our kind of ethos or little all right, let's call it a slogan is uh, <laughs> uh, with Temple Copal is uh, life is a ceremony, earth is a temple. And oh, I love that. Yeah. And really that, that I wanted when I created that, it was really about, you know, when something's a ceremony, that, that typically means that there's intention and presence there. And that's mm-hmm. what the Copal does. And then earth is a temple really kind of lends itself to this idea that this is something given. It's an offering direct from nature. Um, and so those kind of two lines really, I think, tap into what we're going for with um, Temple Copal. And mm-hmm. on the topic of cacao, it's it's similar, man. I mean, um, you know what what is cacao doing? Well, it's you're you're eating, you're ingesting the energy, you know, of something mm-hmm. that's pure energy from nature. So right. some people they have like their first cacao experience, and they're like, "Oh, this is real bitter," but they're coming from a, a vantage point of being familiar with chocolate and and that's that's where they're they're kind of skewed because everything they've been conditioned to to know about this is that um like cacao is uh from this reference point of chocolate and chocolate is is not you know pure there's additives sugar whatever all kinds of stuff where's kinds of stuff Yeah. And the cacao um, is pure. It's raw and you can feel it and you can taste it. And then you really feel it with the energy, what it does energetically. Um, So, yeah, it's a good kind of. It's a good lesson that, you know, nature is powerful. Nature has healing tools in abundance everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I believe um, how cacao is harvested is there's are these giant fruits uh, that they, they kind of dangle off these trees. You, you open up the fruit. There's not much in the way of like flesh of the fruit. There's just a lot of seeds on the inside. Isn't that right? Just like uh, tons of seeds, right? Like the, it's like a big pod. It looks like some an alien kind of uh, yeah. Uh, a Venus flytrap looking pod thing. It's, it's wild, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the coloration even of the pod is beautiful, but yeah, you open it up and it's, and the cacao uh, beans are, it's like white and has a lot of pulp. These yeah. beans are, are, and it's, and it really is like something you'd see in the alien movie, these pods mm-hmm. inside. Totally. No, I've uh, seen the pictures and it kind of reminds me of jackfruit. I don't know if you know much about jackfruit, yeah, but yeah. It, it has a similar, cause when you cut open a jackfruit, it's like kind of segmented and stuff. It kind of reminded me of that a little. Yeah. 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 I'm not too familiar with jackfruit, but in my mind, I have a vision of what you're speaking about. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Jackfruit is like a common meat replacement. People say it has like a texture of pork or chicken or, yep. or something and they cook it that way. And then you're able to eat like vegan beef tacos or pork tacos, oh, yeah. but it's, it's fruit. Um, but then yeah. you take those beans and you, you, uh, don't you kind of put them under heat? 
Oh, the cacao beans? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a whole process. Um, it really is like they sort of heat the bean and, and this is where I'm no authority on this, but I've, I've just had, you know, that one day working with our friends that are shamans working with cacao from bean and taking it from the, the pure pod from the bean state. But yeah, you essentially, you heat it up and it sort of loosens this shell on it. And that's Mm -hmm. when you, you, you break that off and then you're getting down to the raw cacao bean. Um, Got it. And then, you know, I guess you can dry it out and leave it in that bean form. Um, mm-hmm. Or that's where you can take it to the bar form from there. True that. Yeah. So kind of like coffee beans, but cacao beans, they're both very dark. They both have caffeine, um, mm-hmm. both bitter on their own. You mm-hmm. know, that, that's that's true. Um, I personally have been a fan of dark chocolate from a young age. So I it wasn't that big of a shock for me when yes. I when I finally tried tried this stuff. It was like, oh, it's kind of like darker dark chocolate um, and right. no milk, you know, just pure bean. Um, right. It doesn't look like a bean because it comes in a, at least this particular, um, you know, brand comes in a, a, a brick. So it's just kind of like this big brown square brick and you just kind of break it up and it breaks up really easy. I can do it with my fingers, actually, just kind of break off a piece, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not overly yeah. hard, um, but yeah. that's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. So when it comes to other plant medicines, um, I know you have had, you know, uh, several experiences down in, uh, in the jungle and down in Costa Rica and stuff. And so I'm just curious if you're down to, to delve into some of these powerful experiences you've, you've had, because I feel like that ties into the mission of, of you know what you're doing here on on uh, on earth and and bringing lovely um offerings like temple copal to the people of the world yeah oh where to start um (laughs) um you know my my plant medicine journey started with my interest in um the more i got into meditation and consciousness and self-inquiry and self-actualization work mm-hmm. um my interest hasn't been specifically on plant medicine or psychedelics but what i found through my process of of you know working on myself is that uh they're incredibly effective effective tools mm-hmm. um so, absolutely I mean, second to none, almost, you know what yeah. I mean? I don't think anything can give you what these plants can give you. I mean, yeah, the, the closest thing I can think of is an extremely powerful lucid dream that just sticks with you for years. But um, that's rare. You know, that's a rare thing. So, yeah, these yeah. medicines are yeah. absolutely, yeah, just uh, some of the most powerful experience uh, givers on the planet. They, they'll give you something that sticks with you for, for a while. Yeah, there's a reason there's, you know, a strain of mushrooms called Golden Teachers. 100%. And I love the Golden Teachers. Shout out Golden <laughs> Teachers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, you know, I mean, my introduction with, with plant medicine really came from, uh, you know, I was, I was never like a, um, I was never one of these guys in, uh, high school that that took a a lot of psychedelics or mushrooms Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. 
I was so focused on going off to college in New York City and and doing so through my through focusing on my art. Um, I had a friend more recently who um, was talking about this experience he had with mushrooms, and this was a few years ago at this point, but it was so interesting what he was telling me. And the thing that was the most interesting was all the uh, all the synchronistic events that happened outside of that mushroom journey. And that was so profound to me, what he was saying, these things that he experienced in his journey, but then um, came into being, so to speak. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I've told my story on many podcasts in the past, um, so I won't go too long on it. But that is exactly what happened to me was uh, I was uh, I knew all along what I loved and where I was meant to go and what my path was. But some, you know, society and parental pressure and all the different things like tr- try to convince you to go somewhere else than where you know you need to be. And it wasn't until like these mushrooms really sat me down like a grandpa and just been like, Hey, Sonny, listen, you got to follow your heart. (laughs) You got to do what, what you're called to do. Like that's the best thing you can do. It's what it's your gift. It's your gift. gift, You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, don't throw your gift out in the street. You know what I mean? Just use it. Use your gift. Use it. Uh, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so basically long story short, you know, this friend of mine inspired me like, Oh, I got to, you know, try this. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll give mushrooms a go. And that didn't happen. What happened was DMT happened. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, you know, so here I was essentially in that, in that realm of psychedelics, I was, you know, had no experience, but I'm the type of person that anything I get interested in, I go full in. Like I, I do research. I, Every five minutes I get, I'll be watching a YouTube video on something or reading an article or ordering books on a subject. So I dove in pretty hard and I was already knew this was coming to some degree because I was so interested in uh, some transcendent experiences I had had through sensory deprivation tanks and sound baths Um, Mm -hmm. and kind of using those as a trajectory. I knew if I can hit these uh, really transcendent spaces with these sorts of tools, then I know with psychedelics, I can go further and, oh, yeah. and, and maybe it would even be to the extent where, uh, uh, you know, like it was planned because the, the transcendent ascendant experience I, I had had off of a sensory deprivation tank and sound baths. I didn't know it was going to happen. So, right. And they were profound. Some of them actually yeah. were extremely profound. Now that I've done quite a bit of psychedelics and I'm still amazed. But mm-hmm. um, so it was all meant to be in that sense. But my first journey was with a uh, uh, plant medicine called uh, Changa, which is a, it's DMT and it's often referred to as smokable ayahuasca. It's a DMT mm-hmm. that has been, um, put into a solvent and then blended into like some herbs, often chakruna, copy, the ayahuasca vine. And mm-hmm. um, so you smoke it, inhale it, and 
you know, you have your, you have your journey. And I did that out in the desert. And then the first 30 seconds of that experience, I knew, whoa, like mm-hmm. I've been exploring my whole life, but this is, this is, uh, this is where the real exploration is done, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so without getting into too much detail on that experience, which was incredible and its story on its own, um, I just got more and more interested in researching what, what is this? What's happening? What is this connection 100%. with consciousness and, and these psychedelics like, um, you know, and so I got really in the Ramdas. Ramdas was someone that I thought bridged this gap. He did. Yes. Hundred percent between like you know the Western world, the scientific mind, the materialist paradigm, and then the Eastern ethos of mysticism and consciousness and spirituality, and so psychedelics for me became the next step in my evolutionary process as a person. Hundred um, percent, I think it does that for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think that, that they're like just a tool to take you on an evolutionary journey. And they're so yeah. powerful, especially if you respect them and you're able to integrate what you're learning. I got to say, though, I agree with you, but they're, it's, not a, it's not a for sure thing. I, there are a lot of, oh, there yeah. are a lot of people that, that will have a psychedelic journey, even sit in ceremony. And either they're, they're so egoically calcified and closed off that they just won't open up or mm-hmm. um, it won't change them. Some people are assholes and they're still going to be assholes. Um, totally, totally. So, so I think what's happening is, is that, you know, the plant medicine, the psychedelic is a catalyst for evolution and for change and an opportunity, but some people still might not grab it and walk that path. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Cause that's where they're yeah. at. Um, that's true. But for me, I just immediately, it resonated with me. Um, my first ayahuasca experience was down at a place called Rhythmia, which um, is now like my second home. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and my first night was was beautiful. It was incredible. The first half of the night, but the second half of the night was the most challenging night of my life. It was so difficult and you know that night alone i went through thousands and thousands of layers of my mind and myself so you know there's a lot there but and i couldn't i was having a difficult time processing that first night but Mm -hmm. i realized you know with the integration and and really more self-inquiry work and acceptance and surrender i i figured i realized what that first night was all about why it was beautiful then why it was so challenging and what it was that i was shown and experienced and then that following night and of course that that integration period happens for months yeah i mean six seven months later i would be meditating or or taking a bath i take these I take baths every day in darkness and wow. do a meditation. And That's awesome. it's really a, a, 
uh, it saved my life in a lot of ways. I went through a, a really challenging business um, situation a, a few years back in 2017, and meditation saved my life. And wow. sitting in stillness and darkness saved my life, and then mm-hmm. and, and changed my life. It created the life I live now, and so. But back to the psychedelic stuff or ayahuasca arrhythmia, um, that integration from that first night, I would get clarity even more so, more clarity, deeper depths um, six, seven months later. It was so wow. profound. you know. And, and I went in that second night, the following night, Tuesday night, and had the best night of my life that night, mm-hmm. that experience. So... Um, yeah, and, and since then I've done multiple journeys, and you know, been back to Rhythmia and uh, mm-hmm. gone deeper and deeper. And this last time I was just there, and uh, when was this? Uh, beginning of March. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like to say I went all the way, but I know that as soon as I say that, that there's way more all the way to go. Right. So, um, that's funny. That's that's an interesting part about psychedelics is there always seems to be more information waiting. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's the yeah that's the whole um, key of integration, you know, and, and not learning too much there because you won't be able to process without integrating a few things before, you know. So it's like um, go to these you know deep um, philosophical spiritual planes where you can see what seems to be truth in its raw form, you know, without your ego in the way, without all of your experiences coloring what you're seeing and uh, allow you to get a glimpse of true, the true nature of what we are. And we are eternal beings. People would say souls, you know, people would say there's reincarnation or, um, the kind of concept of nothing can be created or destroyed. It just is. So mm-hmm. if we, if we, you know, uh, go beyond and come back, we know that it's funny because it's like, it is an ego death. They say the word death a lot and excuse me, it sounds scary to people, but it, it gave me the lesson like this ego death experience with psychedelics that, Death isn't to be feared. It isn't to be this this like terrible thing that happens. It's just part of this journey. And and, it, and when it happens, similarly to psychedelics, like how it kind of induces uh, anxiety, but then it shows you its glory at the same time. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, ever since psychedelics, I feel like I've moved beyond the unknown of death and thinking that it is kind of a bad thing. And rather I think of it more as a natural thing and a, I'm not going to say a good thing you don't want to rush to it, but I'm saying like, um, when it happens, it's just as natural as going to sleep at night, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It is. And there's nothing to fear. And, um, it's just another transformation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Ayahuasca is a powerful vibratory energy and Mm -hmm. it really is if you, you know, when people are open to the experience and are, are ready when they feel that call, it really is a beautiful opportunity to, uh, 
get the light, see some truth, you know, some truth about yourself, who you are, life you've lived, you know, maybe what you've done, where right. you've maybe treated people the wrong way or made some mistakes, but also let that go. Forgive yourself, forgive other people. And and this is where they talk about, you know, when you sit in ceremony, you heal, hear this word a lot, healing. Um, right. And when you when you become a little bit more familiar with these environments of sitting in ceremony and, and these people that, um, you know, host these kinds of platforms or are open-minded, you hear that word a lot because it really becomes true, but it's true on a whole nother level. It's not the sort of Western way of, Oh, you know, you get a cut, it heals. It's, it's a deeper thing and it, and it, mm-hmm. and it's happening even, sitting with yourself your and kopal and cacao and in yoga you are healing because you're remembering you're remembering mm-hmm. what your true nature is that you are not your life is not about paying bills and worrying about this and that your 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 100%. life is, is all part of this divine cosmic uh energy that's unfolding all the time nature you're part of it um and it's a beautiful ride you know and ayahuasca also deepened my understanding and connection with copal because i i i wasn't familiar at the time in the beginning uh you know my relationship with copal was from what I had already directly experienced and then stepping into these new situations of sitting in ceremony with ayahuasca, Kopal is used throughout the ceremony to go around the, the room, the maloka, the temple to cleanse the energy. And it, mm-hmm. and again, like I mentioned earlier, Kopal is an activator and you feel it head on. Yeah right when it's coming in an ayahuasca ceremony because that energy when that copal comes around the billowing smoke is so powerful it's mm-hmm. it can be scary when you're when you're new to it because you can feel the energy building on such a profound vibratory level um some people have a purge when the copal comes around um oh, wow i've had moments where I've had moments where I've been like, oh shit, not again. No, like I'm not ready for that build yet. (laughs) And I've also had moments where um, in the smoke, I could see the energetic field of consciousness and see the grid, the energy grid of everything, like through the veil. And that was beautiful. And I could, you know, just feel the Kapal taking me to that beyond body, uh, higher level vibratory field, you know? Um, wow. Yeah. So I love it. Um, what do you say is the most challenging aspect of taking ayahuasca and even, you know, being around Kapal, um, on ayahuasca? The most challenging aspect is when you got to learn, you have to give it all up. Right. You know, that can be tough because it's 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 easy now to talk about in this kind of plane to talk about like, oh, 
giving up surrender. But when you're, mm-hmm. when you're having the direct experience of this is the moment to surrender, it can be more challenging. Of course, there's some aficionados that are so, uh, you know, well-versed in this space, they can let go in, in a second. You know, they don't even have to consciously think about it. They're already there, you know, and that's master yogis. You know, they knew I am not my body. They knew it. They, their consciousness level, you know, not all of them, of course, but particular ones, just, you know, Parahasa Yogananda, um, yep. for example, like, you know, he, he knew like, I am not my body. I'm consciousness. This is an experience. You know, I'm, I'm consciousness. And it's one thing to hear that and hear people talk about it. But when on ayahuasca, when you're confronted with letting go of everything, it can be very challenging. And Mm -hmm. I've had a few ego deaths at this point in time. And I've had ones that I thought were profound. And then my, you know, this last go of ceremonies that I did, it just got way more profound than I ever could have imagined. But to get Mm -hmm. to that level, it was more challenging than I thought I was going to experience. You know, I kind of thought, oh, it, I've done this numerous times now. It's it'll be less challenging. That's not necessarily the case because it showed mm-hmm. me mm, that's your ego that thinks that, you know? Yeah. Yep. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I imagine it's saying, you know, like you even beginning to think that you think what's going to happen is just mm-hmm. how much you have to learn. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The ego is a subtle, subtle, tricky bastard of a framework, you know, really Mm -hmm. subtle and slips its way in any way it can. Um, Yeah, it's it's funny because as as I've been around very practiced people um, who who venture into the, the psychedelic space, it's it's like they can't. Well, it's not that they can't is is that they sometimes will just say, there's really no way to put it into words. It's just something you have to experience, you know? Like, we put it into words because we create a story about what happened, and and that is like the uh, the encapsulation of the, the journey, the trip, you know, whatever you call it. It's like, well, here's the trip. Here's what happened to me, but I cannot tell you what's going to happen to you because it's it's completely unique to you and your set and your setting and who you are and what you've been through and what you need to learn because everyone has different things that they might need to learn. As long as you're someone predisposed to spiritual experience, it can help show you where things happened and why they happened. And you can get some, some kind of, what's it called? Uh, closure from, from learning and seeing from an altered state, from a higher perspective, what happened, why, and how to go about healing. Yep. And that, that's where the healing's done. And that's, you know, you hear this term doing the work a lot in reference to ayahuasca ceremonies. You're doing the work. That's, you know, especially with pe- people that have been carrying trauma, like you, all these, those examples you mentioned. Um, you know, we all kind of are on some level, uh, you know, some degree, some obviously much deeper, much more interwoven and complex and spider web. But it really is that's the work it's when you're you have courage you step up 
you see it, you experience what you need to experience in that journey and you let it go and you know that the medicine mm-hmm. is 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 there to heal you it's working right. with you to show you this is this is something you got to let go of you know or 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 mm-hmm. um or heal and yeah. It's profound. It's divine intelligence. Um, it's beyond the reason it's so hard to speak of, in my opinion, or put words on is because the truth is it's beyond words. It's yeah. like it's beyond the mind. So therefore, to put it in the container of the mind is already limiting it. Because it, it's so limitless and, and boundless in its in its nature and how it functions and, and understands and communicates, you know, you can't you can't just pin it down. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one of the first things talking about pin it down, no pun intended, but one of the first things I wrote <laughs> down uh, mm-hmm. in one of my journeys was I wrote. And I'm not looking at it now, so don't quote me on this, but you can read it <laughs> in the book I'm writing. But um, it's it was something to the effect of trying to describe this is like trying to catch a waterfall with your bare hands. You just wow. you can't do it. There's no totally. Way. You can get your yeah. hands wet, but <laughs> that's it. I just imagine like looking up at a giant towering waterfall. And holding your hands up, just being, how do I expect to capture this? Yeah, you, you know, you know, you just can't. You can't because it's like a, it's like a tidal wave. It's like a, a rain, not a rain, a, a waterfall. Yeah, and yeah, like the cascading information from the trans uh, transcended realms, just like mm-hmm. dro- like dropping onto you like a ton of bricks, and yeah, and it's like how you know, like what happened. <laughs> Yeah. So anytime you know. someone tells you like a really profound uh, psychedelic story, just then you can just know, holy shit, it was like a thousand times more profound than they're even describing it. You know? Yes. So it's yes. like, wow. You know? Yes. And absolutely. Yeah, man. It's powerful stuff. So, so after an intense experience like this, um, what is the following day like? How does it follow up? Yeah, I mean, I can only speak for uh, Rhythmia, where I've gone and actually sit in, sat in, you know, uh, these ceremonial settings with intention and whatnot, and in, in a this container that they have built and constructed. I've done ceremonies elsewhere, but they've been uh, obviously with intention and whatnot, but it's been orchestrated. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, a bunch of friends get together and say, Hey, we're going to do this or, or, you know, mm-hmm. you get work, catch wind of, you know, a ceremony sure. held at someone's property or something. It's more free flowing and maybe less structure like a exactly. center. Yeah. And I think it's better in that sense for people that have already uh, worked with plant medicines before, but um, you know, Rhythmia's container does have an incredible integration uh, mm-hmm. classes and, and basically program and teaching, you know, they're, they're there for that because 
you know, one of the, the, th the reason integration is so important with these, these experiences is because we are so conditioned to our life operating in these particular patterns. It's like a groove in a record. And so, you know, in order to regroove and to change those grooves, those ruts that we've created from years and years of thinking a certain way, doing a certain tasks, living a certain way, uh, mm -hmm. being part of a particular, whatever, uh, part of mm -hmm. the culture group, yep. the powerful plant medicines can rewrite all that. They can and show you all this new stuff, but the integration really shows you that ultimately you are the creator of your, your destiny. It's your mm -hmm. choice to take the teachings and what you learned and actively choose to embody those teachings and remember them and live mm -hmm. them. And, you know, anyone can go and have a radical experience and be like, oh yeah, I did that thing that one time. But if you go and you have a profound experience and you put effort and energy into the the integration and implementation of those teachings, that's when you are starting to walk the path. Yeah. And that's where it is important, I think, to note that there are a lot of people, especially in the psychedelic community, um, that there's sort of these misnomers or these things that like, oh, if you've done a lot of plant medicine work, you're really tapped in or you're really uh, conscious. That's mm -hmm. not necessarily true. Um, and I think I started to touch on this earlier in this conversation, but you know, it, it, it requires you making that choice to, to really integrate the teachings and yeah. a place like Rhythmia, they're designed because, you know, the founder, Jerry, who built that place, he knows he's done enough plant medicine and done enough self work to know in order for this to really change and to really get the healing that lasts, you've got to choose to live that life with that new awareness. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, on the other hand, some people walk in, they have a profound experience and they are changed then and there and it, they're never the same. Uh, mm -hmm. where, where, you know, they quit smoking, they quit drinking, things of that nature, um, are, right. are pretty common. Uh, but it's some of the more subtle stuff, how you treat people, how you, yeah. uh, you know, how you carry yourself, uh, you know, are you, how much your ego is at play mm -hmm. in the world and how much you're sort of, you know, acting from a place of, um, that's not true. That's some idea you created, but it's not really what you want. It's not really from the heart. It's not really loving, you know, mm -hmm. it'll really, um, work to activate all that stuff. And then again, it's, it's your work to, to integrate it. Wow. I love it. No, that was spot on. Super well said. Well, it's been an incredible chat, man. I hope we can do more of these. Um, and uh, really look forward to, you know, what Temple Paul has uh, ahead. And um, I definitely want everyone to try them. So where can they find them? 
So you can find us um, at numerous stockists across the country. And right now with the COVID era, you can pretty much find us only online at uh, www.templecopal.com. Um, and that's Copal is C-O-P-A-L for those who aren't familiar. You can find us at Instagram, on Instagram at Temple Copal. And, um, and yeah, you know, just Google Temple Copal and there we are right there. Yeah. The website's great. Uh, also we're having a discount right now. If you, or if you put in the discount code time wheel, you get a 10% off discount. So all, all the listeners out there who are time wheel fans, go ahead and give that discount a go. Let's go time wheel. Y'all get some typical Paul, burn it, listen to some good music, vibe out, put on the, some red light therapy or, you know, something. We'll, we'll have absolutely. to jump into that next time. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you can always reach out to, I'm sure, you know, you can, you can hit me up at templecopal at gmail.com. If anyone, any listeners have any questions or, you know, if people want to bounce a dialogue with the both of us, I'd be open to that too. Absolutely. Love it. Thank you so much for joining Zane and have a great day. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, brother. You take care. Much love. Much love.